Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Welcome to the show. So many sequels again. All over. Final pick a pit. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Our final Brad Pitt episode of the month uh, of the season. Shame. And what could be the first of many actor themed you know months. You know, could we're be, not gonna be one next month, but you know what I mean. A departure from our normal right, 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 review. Right, right. Different right. version of a franchise, the actor as franchise. Yeah. Right, right. So, today's movie was picked via the fans. Our people. Yes, our, our people who follow us on social media, which, of course, again, is Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Letterboxd, all those. And our Discord, of course, which you can get access to on our Patreon. You can find it all. Google so many sequels or go to our website, so many sequels.com. But anyway, we put out some polls, some options for everyone to vote on, and you all voted. And it was a very close call. I believe this movie won by just one vote. Just and that is Burn After Reading. We will be talking about Burn After Reading today, just narrowly beating out Moneyball. Oh. Another, that was a big, big one for him. I think he got an Oscar nomination for that, didn't he? I think so. I look at I, Andrew because he should look know. That up. Yes. One day, maybe we'll get to Moneyball then just for the sake of it. But today, it's Burn After Reading, which came out in 2008. Not exactly a, like, full-on Brad Pitt movie. He's certainly a big part of it, but it's more of an ensemble situation, I guess. So I, I feel, I think I'm going to have Garrett explain this movie, because you almost picked it anyway. Yeah. And so that feels like the right move. So, so lead us into it. <laughs> You know, Burn After Reading is a very weird watch. It's a story kind of about nothing, about a bunch of idiots being absolute idiots in an mm -hmm. absurd situation of idiots being idiots. And the only person who makes any sense in this movie at any point in time is J.K. Simmons, who just delivers a, his wonderful couple of minutes of monologue. You've got John Malkovich, who is a relatively low-level government agent who gets laid off for whatever reason. He decides to write a memoir. Memoir. A memoir. His memoir. Yada, yada, yada. Gets lost at a gym. A bunch of gym employees who are straight up idiots find it, think that it's very deep level Russian secrets or American secrets, try to sell it to the Russians, all in an attempt to get plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah. And then idiocy just continues to ensue from there. I've always really enjoyed this movie and I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I remember just finding it so stupidly funny. I mean, they are just some of the dumbest people and some of the worst people. I mean, George, and, and it's nice to see these actors in these kinds of roles. And I think that's what I have always appreciated about it is you see George Clooney in a role that's not typically associated with George Clooney. You see Brad Pitt in a way that's not typically associated with Brad Pitt. And it just continues to balloon into this stupid, bunch of morons and it just escalates because nobody really cares but no one's stopping it and to me it's just very funny and then when jk shows up and is everyone in the audience it's perfect okay okay i'll go to david next who i'm oh, very uh, excited about uh you know so we've talked about a lot of Brad Pitt movies we have. these last few days. We talked about his highest grossing film, his probably most iconic film in Fight Club. We talked about 
the movie in probably which he should have been nominated for best best lead actor maybe in Jesse James or at least best supporting actor. I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. But uh, now we uh, have come to probably his dumbest movie with Burn After Reading. And I, uh, I'll be straightforward. I didn't like it. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to get from it. Nothing. It, it, it clearly was supposed to be kind of a comedy of errors in ways. But to me, the key part of that needs to be the comedy. And it didn't really make me laugh other than the, the pure shock value. Spoiler alert. The pure shock value of a dildo chair. That completely caught me off guard. Thought I would like it because I'm a Coen Brothers guy. I really like most Coen Brothers movies. And... I defend some of them to the death, even though there are other movies that people hate that are Coen Brothers movies that I like. This, for whatever reason, just, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't, it just, I'm going to say something and Andrew will be the only one to agree with me. I feel like in terms of a Coen Brothers movie, I really missed Roger Deakins because this almost didn't even have the, it almost didn't feel like Coen Brothers watching it, which I, it's so hard to put your thumb on, but, when I look up afterwards and see that it's not Roger Dinkins behind the doing the cinematography, it's oh, that's why it felt kind of weird. That's why I felt off. I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out who I was supposed to attach to, if anyone. I just didn't feel like there was anybody that really I was like on their side, and it felt like even the people that were like likable were were just like I don't even I don't even know anybody was likable. I'm always entertained by, you know, the actors themselves, I think, did entertaining jobs. I think George Clooney was entertaining. I think Brad Pitt was entertaining. I think Tilda Swinton was entertaining. I don't know what it was that put John Malkovich on the map, but I've yet to see a John Malkovich performance that I like. It's just, it always seems to be just guy who says F word a lot. And that seems to be, that seemed to be the comedy of the movie was just, you know, let's just say the F word a lot. And that'll be funny. It just was weak for me overall. I I, I hate to, Say that because I looked it up and a lot of people like the movie. It's widely, you got a lot of four out of five stars. A lot of people love it for its anti-spy nature. But I was just watching, just going, what am I, who, what am I supposed to get out of this? I just don't nothing. know. It just nothing. This movie reminds me of a well, I don't want a movie where I get nothing out of, of it. Uh, the Man Who Knew Too Little. Andrew, you've seen that movie, yes? I have. Yeah. This movie is that. It is the yeah. man who there's a bunch of idiots who got into got themselves into a stupid situation because they're stupid. There is no yeah. one likable. It is but an absurd situation, and the like... situation itself is the point. It's not the yeah. characters. You're not supposed to like anyone. It is the absurdity, and then you get for me the the movie really kicks in when J.K. shows up. Like the for movies... me, he is everyone in this movie is like, what are these stupid people doing? And then the... he is the same and I... way. And I said this: J.K. Simmons is the only saving grace here because. You could give J.K. Simmons, I mean, this is such a cliche, but you could give J.K. Simmons a phone book, okay? And it would be interesting. You could give J.K. Simmons box office stats and he would make it sound interesting because he's J.K. Simmons. Just, he's incapable of not being interesting. He's like Sam Rockwell two weeks ago, incapable of not being an interesting un, 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 unseen performer. And, I, and that's the thing, the actors are all fine in this, but the absurdity, I guess the thing is you have to buy into what it is. And I just, from... For whatever reason, it's not it's not for me absurd enough of a premise of a couple of idiots find what they think are government secrets. I don't that, know. This is January sixth, bro. This is January sixth. I know it, it. In some ways, it does one. It does seem like it's weirdly <laughs> prophetic, but it's not. Unfortunately, it's just I don't know. It just to me was lackluster. 
I was pleasantly surprised at the one hour and six mark to find out I only had 20 minutes left. So I, I hate to be that guy. I, I know Andrew said in the past he doesn't like it, but yeah. I, I was genuinely shocked to not enjoy this as much as I thought I would. Go into Andrew. Go I'm going to let Josh. I like this for a long time. I'm going to let oh, You're going to let me go? Okay. You sure you want to do that? No, yeah. Andrew, you go because you're going to bring it down. And Josh will hopefully bring it back up. <laughs> okay. We need that. Well, so what I'm going to say is this. I love all the people in this movie. Mm -hmm. I do. I genuinely do. I Coen Brothers movies are very hit or miss with me. There are some Coen there are some Coen Brothers movies that I absolutely love, and there are some that I just don't care for. This hits all the elements of a Coen Brothers movie. This was just not something that I cared for. I didn't like any of the characters outside of jk simmons it was it, outside of jk simmons and i'll even give brad pitt i feel like brad pitt and jk simmons both were the comedic relief because other than that i didn't get anything else out of this movie other than there was just like a, really just bad people being stupid and or yeah, stupid people being it's, bad. It's it's sure it, it's it's fine to see their comeuppets. It's fine to see their like everybody get their everybody getting everything that they deserve. But at the same time, everything that happened was just bad. <laughs> and I just you know the first time I watched this movie, I actually shut it off, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Fast forward to yesterday when I played it again and I just felt, I felt like I was like, well, I'll give this another shot. Maybe I might like it. No, I did. I did not like it at all. This movie was just shit smeared on toast and I just, <laughs> I just can't get behind it. I'm sorry, Joel, Ethan Cohen. You guys got to have a better imagination than that. Furthermore, what I must say is that this is like all of their typical Cohen people, but just, I don't know what the substance was. I can't, I couldn't find it. I couldn't connect with it. Maybe it was just me not having a sense of humor, but it was that. Sometimes you look at the movie as a piece of art because you're a film critic and sometimes movies are not pieces of art. I it's see this a as a piece of art. I do. Oh, go for it then. I Please transition do. into it. Go. I'll be fascinated to see where the well, First of all, are. unfortunately for you two, neither of you said any reason why it was bad. You just kept saying it mean? was bad. It was not giving a reason. He's an affectionless, cold, and it doesn't have any interesting characters in it. Those are all mm, reasons disagree I disagree with like. the characters. Absolutely disagree with the characters. I don't know what is not to like about this movie, quite frankly. I There are a few moments where I'm not laughing. The characters are all, because they're so dumb, I find them wildly likable. The way that... Barney Stinson. The way that Tilda, or not Tilda Swinton, Frances McDormand is just this, she just wants, she just wants plastic surgery. That's all she wants. And she'll do anything to get it. But she's like, yeah. just... There's no thoughts in there. My, I laugh so hard when she just goes, I'm, I'm Linda Litsky. She's just so empty. 
And watching them go through the links that they go through, which, mind you, for Brad Pitt is really nothing. He doesn't, <laughs> he's just kind of going along with his friend because he's the like excited puppy who just wants to walk with you. So I like all that. I, I thought the story was funny and and interesting enough, like this idea that a pretty low-level government guy has, through an assortment of errors, misplaced his CD with information on it that had nothing of mm -hmm. value would turn into this big, stupid heist-type situation where mm -hmm. they can't even get anybody to take the secrets from them. I don't know. It's very funny. It's very funny. Yeah. I in theory, in execution, I, I didn't, I, I don't know. I did, if I was, I kept waiting for it to develop into the comedy part for me. I don't know. I mean, it's just, this is such a fascinating, dis the, the, the split between us here. I knew because this one would be divisive. I, because J Andrew and I are always very op well, to be fair, I haven't seen a ton of Coen Brothers movies, but the ones that I have seen are the ones that Andrew hates. I really like this one, and I really like Inside Lewin Davis, and Andrew really hates both of them, minus the soundtrack of Inside Lewin Davis. Yes. But I find them both ridiculous and, and very humorous and very interesting. But it's not for everyone, and I know that this one has been divisive in the past with people. They either really like but it or they really, really though. don't. It's pretty well-liked. It's well received. Yeah. 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 I don't know what, the, I know the critics really like it. I don't know what the audience interpreted it as. Yeah. I know it won our fan vote. It, it won our fan vote. It made a good amount of money. A great we'll chance for the time frame. And that's, yeah. let's move into that well, because for me, that's what I really appreciate the most about this movie is that you get to see these well-respected actors with the exception of John Malkovich, who's already kind of just doing an angry John Malkovich thing. But everyone else, to me, seems so different than what we stereotype them as or typically cast them as. And they're getting to do something so different. And I really appreciated that. And I think the performances and the effort that they put into them is where, for me, it excels. It seems like they are all just really enjoying being a part of this movie. And that enjoyment carries over for me. I can feel that they are really enjoying being a part of this ridiculousness. And that, for me, carries over. I think this is Brad Pitt's most gifable role. I think that his dancing and his hair is just perfect every time. He's really just leaning into that ridiculousness that he can own. Um, and he's just the stupid pretty boy, which is something that you don't see from him very often, even though he looks the way that he looks. He has usually got some depth. He didn't have any of this time. It was just stupid. But And George Clooney, again, getting to see him as like a womanizer, creep, nasty kind of person it's yeah. just fun to watch them paranoid. perform that way paranoid that was that was oh, his paranoid. that was that was one of the elements of his character that i i enjoyed about this particular thing was that john 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 clooney george clooney's character is he's like just completely paranoid about everything and i don't know if it's stemming from his serial cheating or if it's just a hazard of his job but he's just seeing phantoms everywhere but actually it turns out they're not phantoms they're very real but he's just seeing people following him he's worried about is this is there is there soy in this what is this you know that types of stuff so yeah it is fun to see the these you know big you know these kind of academy actors kind of doing something a little bit different but yeah i don't know 
No, uh, it's a, uh, it's a very, very strange place to be. Very strange film. Very shockingly strange. only, it's not shockingly only ninety minutes. I was, I'm gonna skip to a skip further into spoiler territory here. When Brad Pitt died, yeah, I was like, huh, this may not have been the best pick for pick a pit since he just died like an hour <laughs> into the movie, and like- then. And then I pull up the thing and go, oh, there's only about 25 minutes left. So really, he, you know, he he's two thirds of the way. But for a long time in, I was like, this is great for Malkovich May because the early part of this movie is just John Malkovich for a long time. Same thing. And, and like, I also want to comment on the fact I love Richard Jenkins. Yeah. Richard Jenkins is such a, like an offbeat just character, but he's, Everything he's in is just so good. And the way, here's another spoiler, the way that he dies is tragic. Because <laughs> yeah, really so all the- he was doing, all he was doing was just trying to help out his friend. Yeah. And he dies in a very horrible way. <laughs> well, this is such a, and this is very much, this gave me, that that was the part of the movie that in terms of a Coen Brothers films, Coen's brother film gave me very much, I don't know, I, I, there's so many movies you could compare it to, but it's like one of those things where like, the the good the bad guys kind of like get away and the and the innocent people get the you know are the ones who end up suffering the, yeah. a lot in their movies. I just want to say he's not. I mean, sure. I mean, in the moment he did break into that guy's house, but it's just kind of like he he was trying the whole time to be the voice of reason, saying "Don't do this, don't do this," and so he's the one who ends up getting hurt. Yeah, he loved Lindlitsky, uh, and he was trying to convey that she was beautiful and I wanted enough, Lind- and she just wouldn't see it. And I really and wanted to hear it. Die, so he finally did the thing, and then oh. She ruined it for him. I really wanted Linda to die. I got to be honest. It was, it was, there was a lot of the people. The most hateable ones are the ones that live all the time in real life and in the movies. Yeah. And unfortunately, so that's, yeah, it's, and what is that satisfying? Does that make for a good conclusion? I don't know. Like the people who you dislike the most end up just disappearing. Like John, John, George Clooney just disappears off screen. I keep calling him John for some reason. George Clooney just disappears off screen and he's never seen again. Tilda Swinton just leaves at some point, never seen again. That was a part of the movie that I felt looking into it. They had a hard time scheduling a lot of the, a lot of these actors to be on, be together. So they had to kind of ride around that a little bit. Like Tilda Swinton's like almost removed from the entire film, except for a handful of scenes with George Clooney and John Malkovich. She has no agency in this movie after losing the disc because like, that was a part of the movie that really confused me. It was like, I was like, oh, eventually she's going to figure out that it's the stuff she had. She's the one who downloaded that stuff. He's going to figure out, hey, you downloaded my things. No, pretty much once they, once they determined, oh, it was uh, the secretary out there lost the disc. That's it. There's really no, there's really no connection for her in the story. So she just disappears. And so there's a, I felt like there were a lot of things that seemed like they were setting up that they just didn't capitalize on. They didn't bring in. I was waiting for a big confrontation between John Malkovich and Tilda Swinton over this divorce. Never came. I was waiting for, you know, I really liked George Clooney intimidating the store clerk from the Big Bang Theory, but I was really hoping that that would generate something there with his, in terms of his comeuppance, and it didn't really. But, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I finished the film, and I just didn't feel anything. So, I I mean, I didn't laugh. I didn't cry. I, uh, I was mostly just glad it was over. So. <laughs> True Grit was way better. True well, Grit. I, I mean, there, I go, to say. go down a whole list of, of Coen Brothers movies I'm going to put ahead of this one. But yeah, I am shocked because usually, usually in a scenario like this, 
I think it's like Andrew and I like the movie, and you guys, and you guys are the ones who hate it. My I don't know. I don't know what third. to say. I've liked this movie every time I've seen it. Same. I was wor- uh, I was really worried that it was kind of holding for me. It has been a while since I've seen it, and I just know that some movies don't hold up for me over time. My little brother that I bought. This is one that I own, and I will continue to gladly put it on my movie shelf. My little brother Daniel, I'd be glad to never watch it again. My little brother Daniel saw this movie back in 2009 after it had come on to like a DVD or something, like rented it back when you could rent movies at a, at a store. And he he watched it, and he was under the impression, because it was George Clooney and Brad Pitt, this was before we were, we were kind of wisened up to how things work, but he's like, oh, it's George Clooney and Brad Pitt. This is going to be another Ocean's Eleven type thing. And they're like trying to steal something. Oh, great. Watched it. He came away. He goes, don't, don't watch it. It's, and then he got a dildo chair instead. Exactly. He goes, he goes, it was, it was weird. And George Clooney slept with some woman that looked like a bird. It was like really, really weird. Don't watch it. I was like, like I was like, bird. okay. And I, all these years, I just thought to myself, ah, Daniel was probably just, you know, 16, not ready for, you know, whatever that type of movie was. He went in with the wrong impression. No, nah, he was right. He is right. Well, no. Well, unfortunately, he was also wrong. No, it's. I just, I just love how much of a anti spy movie it is. I love how the stakes are the opposite of high, the polar opposite of high. At no point are the stakes high, and then the movie ends with the government going, "Ah, what a waste of time." Just, just, well, the stakes are the stakes are low. The stakes are low, but unfortunately, the the consequences are extremely high because at least two people. Well, end up well dead. that's where the the and, idiocy comes into play. And so the thing is, I'm fine with that as uh, on paper. Like reading the premise of the movie, I was like, "Oh, this sounds really funny," but it never got to the funny part. Like nothing about it was ever like like a laugh, like a haha. Like most of the best actors in the movie don't even really end up interacting. There's no scenes between. Like uh, honestly, a full scene between Brad Pitt and George Clooney probably be hilarious. Francis McDormand interacting with John Malkovich would be pretty funny. We get none of that. We get none of that. Oh, well. You do get a great scene of Brad Pitt on the phone with John Malkovich. That was interesting. I found that, very that was funny. really funny. Oh, that interesting that you found it him, funny. Oh, very boring. interesting. Him, him trying to, him really trying to double down boring. on the thing where he's, where he's like, Osborne, God. He's trying to say that I, over and over. I wonder if he went by the name Mr. Black, and I wonder if that was a Meek Joe Black reference. Could be a Meek Joe Black reference. Could be a Pulp Fiction reference. Who knows? I don't know. Although the Coen brothers aren't really reference people that I know of. so yeah. Not particularly. Not particularly. I'm surprised. I, for some reason, Andrew, it always surprises me when you say that their movies are hit and miss for you. They seem like movies you would like every one of them. Not every they, one of them. There's only one Coen brothers movie I've seen that I don't like, and it's not this one. And that is a serious man. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, that movie sucks. You know, here's yeah, what I'll say about one. a serious man. Like it a sucks. serious man, I didn't think sucks. was. <laughs> I didn't think was oh, great. It does suck. No, it sucks. But it's it's got interesting. It's no, got it interesting premises. No. Well, that's that's this for me. It's an interesting premise, but I just don't feel like it executes as funny as it could be. Is it as it wants to be? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let's get into the box office then of Burn okay, and Reading. Unless hang you, on. Unless before, anybody has anything else. Before well, we do that, I, I have something that I've prepared. I went through our Pick a Pit movies and I came up oh. with some stats, some statistics for you, if you will. And uh, I want to read this off. So we talked about this one a little bit last week. So <laughs> of the five Brad Pitt movies picked during Pick a Pit, four of them were based on books. Four out of five, not bad. In three out of five, 
Brad Pitt is punched in the face. <laughs> in another, how, now, how, did you, how did you find that stat, or did you just think of that? Just, just thought to myself, he gets punched Wait. in the face in Bullet Train. He gets punched yeah. in the face in this movie, Burn After Reading, and he gets punched in the face in Fight Club. At least, he, but once. he didn't get punched in Jesse James. Never got punched in the face in Jesse James. Wow. Oh, yeah, he gets shot, obviously. Yeah, that's and that's set number two. In three out of the five movies, he gets shot in the head. <laughs> he gets shot in the head in Fight Club. He gets shot in the head in this movie, Burn After Reading, and he gets shot in the head in in Jesse James. Wow. But, okay. but did he get shot in the head, or did Ned Norton get shot in the head? Well, that's the thing. is He's one of the same. DID, all that. He, you know, huh? all that. So in three of the five, narration is involved at some point. World War Z had narration at the end. Jesse James had narration all throughout, and then Ed Norton narrates most of Fight Club. Yeah, These yeah. are weird, right? Like this it, is just though. this is just me looking at the movies and picking through them. I like uh, it. <laughs> there are four, counting up the movie Ocean's Eight. There are four Ocean's alumni in these movies with him: Casey yeah. Affleck, George Clooney, Sandra Bullock was in Ocean's Eight, as was Helena Bottom Carter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then finally, and this is one that I, I don't put a ton of stock in this particular thing. But I do think it's an interesting conversation to have. Out of all five movies, zero passed the Bechtel test. <laughs> well, most movies don't. I zero know. Passed- <laughs> what? And then th- none of them passed the Bechtel test, which if you're unaware oh. of the Bechtel test, is this, what do you want to say, feminine theory. It's not necessarily a scholarly theory, just a feminine theory put forward in which you can judge a movie, female representation based on the idea that it has more than one female character with a name and that those two characters at some point are allowed to speak to each other about something other than men. And so naturally, if you take a cross-section of Brad Pitt's movies, there's a lot of them that might not pass. And then there will be some that do. So I just thought it was interesting, though, as I was going through trying to pick out things, commonalities, you know, and things like that. Maybe we need to do a month of movies that pass the Bechdel test. Because it would be all four of them. It might be an interesting week. We also, did you find any stats on how many of these movies he was eating in? I have heard I often that he really likes to eat in movies. If I haven't, you, but I'm pretty all sure. the Ocean's movies, Rusty is eating an apple or something in every yes. one. For some reason, he really likes the idea of eating apple. So I, I wanted to do that. I thought about it. I'm pretty sure at some point he probably eats in all of them. I didn't have the wherewithal to, I don't have the ability to go back and watch, rewatch Bullet Train to see if he ate anything. I know he drinks water, but other than that, so those are just some things that, that came to mind. I probably could have figured out more, but yeah, uh, I thought those were some interesting stats. All the, We'll call them stats, some commonalities that I noticed. Yeah. So let's look at Burn After Reading, box office stats. It came out in September of t- 2008, big year. Well, I think of critically acclaimed very good year. Box office year, actually a little bit down You would year to year, you would think. You, you might be surprised to know. So... Burn After Reading, interesting thing here, opened against three other movies. There were four new movies in the box office that weekend. Burn After Reading was the number one movie, opening to $19.1 million. Uh, number two, do you guys remember this movie? It's called The Family That Prays. And Prey is spelt like, oops, excuse me, I dropped my pen. Prey is spelled like P-R-E-Y, The Family That Prays. I don't remember that movie. That brought in 17.8. And number three, a movie called Righteous Kill brought in 16.2. I don't remember that one either. And at number four, you had The Women, brought in 10.1. So you have two, you have, your top four is all 10 million plus movies. Not a bad week. At number five, you have Tropic Thunder in its fifth week, bringing in 4.1. And just, to, I'll, I'll make a note of these ones because I know Garrett loves this movie. At number six that weekend, also bringing in 4 million, was The House Bunny in its fourth oh week. Oh my God, The House Bunny, great movie, go watch it. 
I would and say the number... house bunny is way better than burn after reading. <laughs> it's so much uh, better than you. I expected. wouldn't. I'll go with that. <laughs> I said and what it, I said. And then at number seven, also bringing in four million <laughs> was at number seven, also bringing in four million was the Dark Knight in its ninth week in the box office of that year. For the year, Burn After Reading would go on to make $60.3 million in the United States, $103 million overseas for a worldwide total of $163 million. That's good enough for the number 52 spot in the U.S. and the number 44 spot in worldwide that year. Number one for both domestic and worldwide charts that year was The Dark Knight, uh, bringing in a billion dollars worldwide, $500 million domestically. Iron Man... Indiana Jones, King of the Crystal Skull, Wally, Kung Fu Panda, Twilight, Quantum of Solace, which you can watch our, you can listen to our Quantum say, of Solace. Some of those review. we have done. Some yes. of those. We've done some of those. Hancock came out that year. Marley and Me. I'm trying to look at other. Slumdog Millionaire, I believe. Was that best picture that year, Andrew? Slumdog yes. Millionaire. So, yeah. Also, another Brad Pitt movie came out that year. Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So, <laughs> 2008, I think, critically, a pretty good year. I One think, of the best years in recent memory. Uh, so that's all I have to say about that. Let's move on okay. to the letterbox. Sure. I did want to say a, a, a quick little trivia thing I came across during that real quick. Let's, that made me laugh. George Clooney calls this movie, Burn After Reading, along with Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Intolerable Cruelty, his Coen Brothers trilogy of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> because I think he, I've played, heard say that. he plays a wild idiot in every one of those movies. So I don't know. He likes that. Yes, the letterbox game. Da, 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 da. There's my tab. I have not seen it yet. I will say that most of the top reviews are either too inappropriate for me to say or are really just quotes. <laughs> so, quotes from the movie. For quotes from the movie. So we'll just go straight into the guessing. I'm going to say the community. Throw out first. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say the community is against me on this. So I'm going to say it's a 3.7. Okay, we got a three. We got a three seven. I'm gonna go that high. I don't, I think they're middles. I think it's like a three point two. Okay, I'm gonna Andrew. do three point one. Okay, Ooh. just undercutting you. I'm gonna one do dollar. three. I'm gonna do three point four. I guess and cut all those in half. Okay, so. Da, 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 da. Okay, we do not have a direct hit. Oh, good. Uh, but we do have a winner who is off by one, and I regret to inform you that that was me. Hey. Oh, it yeah. has a three a three point five. Peter, Peter, what was the what was your guess? Cheater, four, cheater, four? Pumpkin, yeah. yeah. That's good. Three, That's a three point five from one hundred eighty three thousand ratings. That's Josh's first win in a little while. Uh -oh. oh, I didn't even know I needed it. Dang. Yeah, Josh, you needed that. That was your first win since Jurassic World. Woof. I did need it then. Which that was a lot. That was a, that was a okay. lot of reviews ago. Well, let me get out my calculator because I feel like our review average is going to be funky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. All right. Who wants to throw out their rating first? I want to, Garrett, you go. You go. Uh, for me, this is 3.5. It's very entertaining, very enjoyable. I really, I really oh, like this. Oh wow, that's oh, that is lower than I thought you were gonna. Like go. How funny it apparently is! I thought you were gonna say uh, four and a half stars. Josh, it's a for me. It's a four. Okay, for me, I'm gonna be the best I can give you is a two and a half. That's, that's higher than I expected. That's you same. rate high though. I forget your scale skews high. 
You're very, scale, you're very nice, David. You're very nice. Two and a half is what I, two and a half is the disappointing part of the scale. So if it's yeah. disappointing, but it doesn't necessarily fall to like, this wasn't so awful that I was like, Ugh. this is awful. It's right. just, I'm just so disappointed. In you this just movie. weren't into it. Be it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Andrew. Two. Get the two from Andrew. Okay. Well, that makes it a three and even three. Oh, wow. Even three. How about that? Well, Look at go. how math works. Numbers. The numbers don't lie. The All numbers right. oh, don't, they don't lie. All right. Well, that is the end of Pick a Pit August. I would tell you what we're doing next, but quite frankly, I don't remember if we've even decided. So <laughs> you'll have to check us out online at somemysequels.com. You can find links hey, to our socials there. can we go and rank these Brad Pitt movies too? We've got a few minutes oh, left. yeah, sure. Yeah, um, let me think about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, now I know. I know, now we're on Do the we spot. Have time? We're yeah, we have enough time? We got, um, we got yeah. enough time. I got, you know, based on the ones that we've watched, for me, I think I had the most fun watching Burn After Reading. I'm going to put that one at the top. Fight Club, second. A bullet Train, Jesse James, and what was the other one? I remember. World War Z? World War Z. Yep, see? Okay. Ones every mine, nine is, years. mine is World War Z at the bottom, then Bullet Train. No, no, then Fight, no, then Bullet Train, then Fight Club, then Jesse James and Burn After Reading. Wow. What a shocking list. Uh, For me, all the way coming in at the bottom is Burn After Reading. Just above that is World War Z, a.k.a. World War Snore, uh, or World War Z's, because I was asleep. After that, it's Fight Club. Then it's Assassination of Jesse James. Number one is his new movie, Bullet Train. That movie is a blast. Watch it again right now. Number five being Burn After Readings. Okay. Four, World War Z. Three, Bullet Train. Two, the assassination of Jesse James, and number one being Fight Club. Fight God, Club, no. number one for Andrew. There we go. Ooh, All right. Yeah. I really wish he was on that episode because I'd really love to hear your analysis of Fight Club. I love Fight Club. You don't have time? We don't have time, but we'll get into it. I have questions. Maybe I'll do like a short little thing about way, I wonder if there's a way I can average out that score. I don't know. You do. I think Jesse James is really high for all of us, though. True that. Probably it would average the highest if we did ranked choice. Okay. Find us online, so many sequels.com. Links to our socials are there. Patreon.com slash so many sequels. You can subscribe for a dollar and join us in our Discord where we hang out and talk about all kinds of fun stuff. So go do that, and we will uh, see you next week with something else. Probably not with Brad Pitt in it. Well, I can't promise that, but probably not. We'll see ya. <laughs>